Link Discourses. How many people own that text? What? Only two of you, three of you own this text. Okay. It, it's called the Middle Link Discourses of the Buddha, the Majjhima Nikaya. Well, this is one of the primary texts of the um, um, of the Buddhist scriptures, and it's really probably the heart of the, in the Theravada tradition. And it's surprisingly easy to read and understand because they're written in narrative forms and Bhikkhu Bodhi's translation is quite excellent. Um, I'm going to be taking, um, starting a one-year course where I'm going to lead groups through a chunk of it. I consider this kind of a three-year text, not a one-year text. Um, and the flyers are also out on the back, um, this Dharma study course. And it's really a chance to dive into this text in a safe and sort of hopefully accessible way. And we'll meet in small groups, one in, Ma in Menlo Park and Foster City, depending on where more people are located, we'll move between them. A daytime group, Friday mornings in Palo Alto, for those people who've requested a daytime um, session and then an evening in San Jose. I had the chance um, last month of meeting with Bhikkhu Bodhi and he very graciously gave me some time to um, talk specifically about the, the, how to teach the Majjhima Nikaya, sort of his view on the pedagogical approach to this text because it's quite brilliant and he, tra he translates it and knows it like the back of his hand, probably better than the back of his hand. Um, but um, um, but it's, it's not really set up from beginning to end in a normal pedagogical way. So he had all kinds of thoughts about this, and I had all kinds of thoughts about this, and so now I'm taking all of our thoughts and putting together the syllabus for it. So, um, so anyway, I hope, um, I hope you'd be interested. Um, Nathan, you attended the last one. Do you want to say anything? Say, say anything about it, just so that people, or if, 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 he doesn't, if you feel uncomfortable, you can talk to Nathan afterwards, and he'll tell you honestly what it was like. But it wasn't bad, was it? No, yeah, exactly, exactly. We really need the support of each other, and we need the support of each other to discuss it and understand it. Otherwise, it can become intellectual, and we read it in a more contemplative way. Okay. If anybody likes Shakespeare, I'm getting a group of meditator friends together to go to a Shakespeare performance on Saturday the 29th, the last Saturday of this month. All's well that ends well. The flyers are out there. And my email is here if you want to go so we can carpool together. Now, on to meditation. Does anybody have any um, comments about their experience using the, um, the touch point? How many people had done touch point practice before like that? One, two, three, okay. Did you do it as an in-out sitting touching or had you done it just as in-out touching, 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 that, that way, yeah. Yeah, that's more common in the um, um, Saida Upandita often teaches that because the in-out, touching, touching, touching until the next in-breath because there's a real desire in that system to build a very strong and powerful momentum of the mindfulness. So you want to keep giving the mind an object. 
even if the mind starts to get open, spacious, and quiet. You want to keep, you want to actually note nothing, 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 or go to a touch point in that system because of the way that they, the way that they develop the factors. So it's a, it is a very powerful practice, particularly if you notice that the mind is slipping off into thought in that space. And it can be very interesting to just notice in your own practice, when does the mind think? You know, what was the last moment that you actually were mindful before you were lost in thought? Sometimes in a daily practice, there's such a barrage of thoughts, it's hard to tell. But even in a day long or any time when your mind starts to settle, and it may be in your daily practice, you might notice where your thoughts tend to proliferate. Are there certain triggers for them? Is it a reduction in the clarity of the object that you're noticing, which is what happens in the space between the thoughts? The, 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 the object of the attention becomes very subtle, and so the mind can lose it. Um, so by giving it a touch point, we're giving it a stronger object to, to rest in before the next physical sensation of the expansion of the abdomen or the tingling at the nostrils occurs. Had anybody done in-outs sitting touching before? No. no. How did that go? Um, could we guess the, the mindset? Not, not necessarily in a formal way, but um, first breath, last breath. First, last, first breath, last breath. I'm, I'm sorry. I've done first breath, last breath. Okay, so like the first breath, the only breath of the first breath of life and the last breath right. of life. Yeah, yeah. That's actually an interesting way to add a contemplation of the preciousness of life right into the breath. And you can use lots of contemplations in conjunction with the breath. Um, actually, that's a good idea. We might work with that in one of the other sessions in this series because this is a three-part series. Today I wanted to talk a little bit about and give you a few more exercises and ways of relating to meditation that work with touch points and um, interspersed body awareness practices with, um, with the breath work. Because my interest in offering this series of broadening the field of mindfulness is not to in any way diminish the um, importance and the value of um, Anapanasati Samadhi, concentration due to mindfulness with breathing. Because in, that really is the most versatile, the breath really is the most versatile object of meditation that I've ever experienced. And it's a wonderful practice. But sometimes I feel that the way that Vipassana is taught in the West, it's as though that's the way to practice Vipassana. And it's actually only one way to practice Vipassana. It's not the only way. And people who practice in Asia know that because they go to monasteries and they're whole systems that have absolutely no connection with the breath at all in Vipassana practice. Um, so I wanted to offer this course to give you some sense of, of, of alternatives that you can use within the context of your Anapanasati Samadhi practice, of your mindfulness with breathing practice. So I'm not suggesting that you in any way discard the mindfulness with breathing, but there are some advantages to having a few other tools and techniques to throw in. One of them is that when you, even with the in-out sitting touching, you might have noticed that there was a shift in your energy. Because when you ask the attention to move to different places, you're adjusting the energy in a different way. 
you also have an opportunity by moving between breath and body with the touch points to alter the coarseness or the refinedness of the object depending on your level of refinement of mindfulness. If you feel like it's really hard to connect with the breath, you can sometimes find the breath through the body. And sometimes if we just go to the breath and that's our only technique and we can't find it, then we just sit and think. Whereas we can use these other um, meditation techniques, vipassana techniques, mindfulness techniques to um, cultivate the way that we apply and direct our attention and the way that we adjust our effort and energy moment by moment. I have from most of my practice incorporated body-based practices with, with mindfulness with breathing in most of my daily practice. And I'll, I'll use um, a, a body scan or um, an in-out um, sitting touching or some other of the practices for the, that, that I'll be introducing in the next couple of weeks for say the first half of the meditation and then I'll settle in upon the breath. So I have found that it works really well for me. Um, Sometimes I'm concerned when people only do mindfulness with breathing that there's too strong a relationship, a conceptual, an idea relationship that builds up, that links meditation with the breath. And And doesn't really understand the importance of simply awareness in all dimensions of activity. The, Buddha, the Buddhist discourses speak far more about mindfulness of the body than about mindfulness of the breath. I mean, the volume of teachings on mindfulness of the body is massive, and the, volume of te- the, the amount of teachings on mindfulness with the breath is rather tiny. Um, so there really is a range of, of approaches that we can do. The danger of focusing just in upon the breath is we actually miss the breadth of the the teachings. We miss the breadth of, of, of the practices that are available for us. And we might then judge our practice based upon the experience of the breath. We might become really good breathers, but maybe don't have the same degree of mindfulness in the other activities of our lives. We may not have developed the capacity to direct and move the attention to all kinds of objects and that's a necessary ability in order to sustain deep inquiry because we need to focus the attention on anything we want to contemplate and sustain the attention there. And if the attention keeps going to the breath because that's the only object we've ever cultivated, whenever we get quiet we go to the breath, um, then our capacity for investigation is limited to the experiences that can be known through the breath, which is vast because we can know anicca, dukkha, and anatta, impermanent suffering and um, non-self through the breath. So I don't want to diminish that at all. We can free the mind just with mindfulness, with breathing. But there are lots of, again, lots of other approaches. So I wanted to throw out a bunch of different things um, just to give you kind of a variety. Um, But please do, if you're doing mindfulness with breathing, keep that as the core of your practice. I'd like to see a show of hands of how many people have already done body scan. Oh, that's less than I thought. Okay. Okay. I wasn't going to do it today because I thought maybe most of you had done it, but that was probably only about half, and I think it's, uh, it's one of the most important body practice, body-based practices. Um, what I'd like to do now is another meditation. And I'd like to teach you a technique that we did um, 
again this was out of a um, out of out of a Burmese practice and we move the attention systematically through different points in the body so we'll move the attention to the they, they say the instruction is the corner of the head and I have met some people who have corners to their heads but I don't think my, my, some, some, of, some people have round heads so you kind of have to just go to the side depending on the shape of your head um, then the shoulder then the hip then the knee um, if you're sitting cross-legged on the floor or kneeling that would be then you would go to the other knee if you're sitting in a chair or standing then you would add the foot the foot the knee on the other side the hip the shoulder the head how many do one do they forget any one two three four five six seven eight nine ten yeah ten points ten is a nice number you can throw in one more if you want but then it doesn't make a nice circle um, all of these are non-sensory organs experiences so we're not including the ear we're not including the eye we're just staying with the with the physical with the with the physical experience of the body and the practice is very simple but I found it to be very interesting because again it moves the attention through the body and it really grounds the attention in the body um, and so I'll just guide you through one round you'll get the idea of it and then um, we'll have some silent period where you continue to continue going around and around and around but find a pace that sort of works for you it can be faster and it can be slower you have to be sensitive to how long you, you can stay with that object with a, 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 a development of mindfulness and if proliferation of, of thought occurs then you should be moving at a faster rate so that you re-stimulate the attention at the next object so settle in again to the silence And bring your attention to the left corner of the head. You don't have to feel the whole head. You don't move the attention around. But just find a sort of a spot there. Um, they say a spot about the size of a silver dollar. But I found it doesn't really matter. Just to have it be a stable place. bring the attention directly to that place at the corner of the head and feel the sensations there whatever you notice is fine feel how those sensations change and then let that go and move the attention to the left shoulder find the spot of the greatest sensation there and for a moment explore that sensation and then bring your attention to the left hip 
and feel the presence or the absence of sensation. If you don't feel sensation, just maintain the connection of directing attention to that location. And then move the attention to the left knee. Bring interest to the experience of the left knee. drop the attention in the left foot find a spot there and focus on it feel the sensations changing for just a moment settle completely with the awareness in the left foot. And then let that go and give your attention fully, wholeheartedly to some sensation in the right foot. What's happening there? And then let that go completely and bring your attention to the right knee. What do you find there? Just a spot of sensation, a place to focus. A way of directing the awareness. Feel some sensation in the right hip. Settle the awareness there. As the attention meets the sensation, see if you can go for just a moment quite deeply into that sensation. and move to the right shoulder 
feel a point of sensation. Notice how it changes. Settle into it. Release your awareness into it. Find stability through that depth of presence with the simple point of sensation. And then move the attention to the right corner of the head. Feel that fully, completely. Changing sensations, empty sensations. The arising and passing of sensation. And then at your own pace, continue with another round or two or three or four or however many, moving the attention between these points of the body and in each place deeply connecting with the changing sensations there for just a few moments and then moving on. If you're not sure what pace is most suitable, try around pretty fast and then try around pretty slow. Learn for yourself how to move the attention in a way that develops a momentum of mindfulness. After you finish your next round, then let the attention settle upon the breath in the way that you normally do mindfulness with breathing. And see if that exercise had any effect on the quality of your awareness of the breath. Anybody have any comments about their experience? The, the going from place to place in the body required an awful lot of effort. Yeah, yeah. It's the, the first couple of times, it wasn't too hard as long as I kept it slow and I could go. And I was surprised to find the thing that I could feel the easiest was the corners of my head. <laughs> <laughs> and when we went back to the breath, all of a sudden the breath was very easy because it required so much more, so much less effort. It was right there. It was yeah. a trick. Yeah. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah, it really does require effort to move the attention around. And yet, even if it feels like you're struggling and it doesn't seem to be working, there's very often an effect. Yeah, and you notice it when you go back to the breath. Um, I like to think sometimes of these um, exercises as, as, or these meditations as just being games. Because you, you have to get to know your mind. Um, some minds, you ask them to settle very nicely on the breath and they are happy to. 
my mind isn't that cooperative and it's never been. My mind likes to play games. So I give it games to play that will take it and to the breath or will develop spiritual factors. Otherwise, my mind will play games that I don't want it to play. <laughs> and I found that it doesn't actually care which games it plays. So it's happy to develop spiritual qualities, it's happy to develop concentration, it's happy to develop mindfulness, it's happy to investigate things. Um, so that's one of the ways that I approach it, it's very much as a play and just knowing that sometimes my mind, especially for the first part of a meditation, it needs to be given a task to do, a game to play, some way to focusing itself before it's willing to settle. If you have a mind that can settle directly on the breath and can investigate the breath so that the settling isn't dullness, it's actually investigative, you may not need to, but if you have a slightly unruly or willful mind, you might play a few games, you might give it a few games. Any, any other experiences during that session? You might, I would encourage you to, 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 in your daily practice this week, try it. You know, try it for the first 10-15 minutes of the session. Um, either the in-out sitting touching, or this round and round game, or the next one that we're going to do. Now, I want to do this one in the standing posture. Um, but, I want to say before you stand, um, the last time I led a standing meditation, several minutes into it, somebody had such strong pain they fainted. This exercise can easily be done in the sitting posture. <laughs> so if you have any medical condition or anything that you feel like you don't want to stand or you're just tired or you're comfortable, stay sitting, it's totally fine. Um, if you're standing and you start to get extreme pain, please sit down. Um, there's no reason this doesn't need to cause any excess discomfort. If you're comfortable standing, come join me. Stand. And what we're going to do is a body scan, but instead of scanning all the different parts of the body, we're just going to go part by part. So it's kind of an abbreviated version of the body scan. There are a whole bunch of different kinds of body scans that one can do. And um, this one is, is kind of a quick and easy um, way of getting sort of the benefits of the body scan. But when we're standing, again, this is another posture. Just as in the sitting meditation, we bring awareness to the sitting. In the standing, we bring awareness to the standing. If you have a steady balance, you can close your eyes. But if you feel in any way that your balance is off, just gently open your eyes and either look forward or look slightly down in some way that you're not involved in the visual, visual experience. And find a way of find, experiment with slightly with hip distance. Usually, most people are most comfortable with their feet hip distance apart. But some people are a little more comfortable with it wider or closer together. Find out for yourself. And feel the alignment of the body. Be sure the knees are not locked back, but are, are soft. Not at a deep bend, but just softly released. Perhaps slightly bent. And let the hands either be gently resting by the sides, gently clasped in front, or some people like to put their hands slightly behind their back. I think that adds a little bit of tension myself, but um, some people like it. 
Feel yourself standing and feel the breath moving in the standing posture. You might even feel how the breath moves the standing posture. And now we're going to move the attention through the body part by part. In each place, feeling the presence or the absence of sensation. So begin by bringing your attention to your head. Not not just a point of sensation, but scan your head. Move the attention through the whole region of the head. The face, the ears, the back of the head. Can the attention permeate the skull and feel the brain? Feel the jaw, the mouth. Feel your head. The changing sensations. And then move your attention to the neck and the throat. Feel the presence or the absence of sensation there. Let the attention move around and explore it. Exploring sensations how they change. Now move the attention to the shoulders. Feel the whole shoulder girdle. sensations let the attention drop through both arms feeling both simultaneously sensations vibrations arms being known and then feel the whole upper torso the chest and the back Feel the ribs as they expand and contract with the breath. Let the attention penetrate into the body, feeling the heart and the lungs, the movement of the diaphragm.
feel the belly not just the skin feel inside the stomach, the intestines and feel the whole pelvic region the back, the buttocks allowing the attention to scan that area and just notice whatever is present there to notice no judgment about it no right or wrong sensations just attention being given to the body sensations being known now feel both legs the whole leg letting the attention rest in the experience of leg the feet inside and outside both feet and then for a moment expand the attention to take in the whole body again reconnecting with the posture aware of standing and the whole field of energy of the body then drop the attention again into the feet Feel the sensations there. And then part by part, move your attention up through the body, experiencing the steadiness of awareness in the place that you direct your attention and allowing that attention to be flexible enough, fluid enough that it can explore that area without being distracted to something else so it moves around but it just moves around the feet if we're attention with the feet and then we move our attention to the leg and the attention moves around but it just moves around the leg find a rhythm and a pace that works for you for the last few minutes of the meditation settle your attention again upon the breath feeling yourself standing and breathing
mindfulness of breathing in the standing posture. And just mindfully settle back for sitting for the moment. Were there any comments about that experience? Did it go okay? Yeah. I found that I ended up using my breath to explore my body. You know, that's okay. That's okay. Particularly those of, those of you and us who've worked a lot with the breath will find that the breath in a way gets directed almost to wherever we're giving attention. And I think it's okay just as it's important to integrate. What, when you're doing something like that, you're integrating the breath and the body. And I actually think there's a lot of power in that. So that's quite okay. The breath is always our resource. So that's, that's nice. Yeah. Any questions about the practice at all before we close? That was the, uh, I guess, in, out, and then it was touch, touch. Uh, what was the other thing? Sit. Well, I wasn't sure how that was supposed to work. I hadn't heard the explanation of that. Yeah. Well, what I'd like to suggest is I'll, ref- I'll just re- review what we did, the, 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 the processes that we did today, and sort of their kind of my thinking about why I wanted to introduce them to you. And then you have to experiment for yourself and see what supports your practice. And out of the range of things that I'm going to offer in the next three weeks, you just select the few that intrigue you or you find helpful and you let the rest go. Because you don't want to, like, busy yourself all the time. You know, this meditation should have a calming component. (laughs) So the first practice was just to add the touching experience between, in the pause between breaths, in, out, touching, touching, until the next in comes. The second practice we did was... Could I ask one more thing about the first one? I was trying to figure out how to work that in rhythmically somehow with the breath, but I was having trouble. Yeah, you can't work this one in rhythmically. What you would do is you would just, if, if there was a pause between the breaths, you would fill the pause with touching, touching. And yeah, then you would... Whatever is actually happening, yeah, like a touch point. The second practice you would do rhythmically, in, out, sitting, touching, in, out, sitting, touching. That second practice was a rhythmic one. The third practice we did was the round and round. Round and round we go to the various, the ten touch points. And the fourth practice was the um, uh, part-by-part body scan. So today's orientation was the movement of attention through the body, to consciously be able to move the attention wherever we want it. Um, Next week, um, I was thinking to focus more on a spacious approach, perhaps using sound as objects or spacious awareness practices. Um, But quite honestly, I have like more ideas than I could possibly do in three weeks. I could probably do a 20-week course on this title because I've always enjoyed exploring different practices and every monastery I stayed in in Thailand seemed to have a different practice. So, um, so 
um, just Vipassana practices. I, I know I've done at least 15, 16, 18, 20. I don't know how many at this point. So um, if anybody has any particular interests, feel free to tell me and it may affect what I teach in the next couple of weeks. Because um, they're sort of like, I have all these choices. What am I going to pick? Um, so anyway, um, have a lovely evening and I'll see you next week. Thank you.